good morning to everyone from our part. Uh, as Natalia said, I'm with Heuni since the beginning of this year and a, a forensic psychologist by training, which might be heard in, in the presentation. Yes, and, and uh, thank you for the invite. And I'm happy to be here. My name is Nina Immonen. and I were, uh, well, uh, I'm a district court judge, but currently work at the National Courts Administration here in, here in Helsinki, or in Finland. And uh, we'll talk about encounters in the legal or in the criminal justice process. I will start about, uh, with talking about the pre-trial investigation in particular, and then Nina will go on to talk about encounters in the courtroom, and we will raise some important questions that we think should be given more attention than what is the case today. Um, just as a as an beginning, we know that in... Uh, <laughs> we disagree, but <laughs> let's, let's continue here. Then we do know that uh, um, witness accounts are uh, often, witnesses' memories are often uh, the core data that is used in criminal justice processes, especially in cases of uh, serious crimes against persons, sexual crimes, sexual offenses, or violence in uh, close relationships. And these uh, memories are often hard to talk about. They can be difficult and indeed traumatic. And we also know that stress in the investigative interview situation or in the situation where these memories are dealt with severely can hamper uh, witnesses, victims, possibilities to, to tell about their experiences, which may lead to less uh, detailed, less reliable evidence than to be assessed in court. Much can be done about this, however, and of course this is not the way to deal with these <laughs> investigative interviews. Instead, um, there are several evidence-based investigative interviewing methods that have been developed throughout the world and that are in use in some countries, not to any great extent in Finland and in most of Europe, not so either. However, for example, in Norway during the last, uh, last years, there have been uh, quite rigorous, uh, how would you say, renovations of the way investigative interviews are dealt with. And uh, now it is, um, it is already um, um, a habit that investigative interviews are video recorded and that uh, police are trained quite significantly in conducting these investigative interviews. This is a very topical uh, subject in Finland. Just yesterday there was a big article in the main newspaper Helsingin Sanomat about the fact that police in Finland are not trained very well in investigative interviewing. And this is unfortunately, my impression is this is the same in many other countries. In the UK, for example, though, uh, investigative interviewing has been trained for decades already uh, in, in, according to evidence-based practice. And uh, they have been video recorded. And this is really necessary to stress because we know that memory fades over time. This has been known since uh, 1885 when the German psychologist Hermann Ebbinghaus for the first time uh, was able to show in a laboratory study that our memories fade actually very quickly after we experience or witness or um, uh, and something. And uh, this of course goes for crime victims as well, implying that memory should be collected as soon as possible after the events and in a way that is as unstressful as uh, memory uh, strengthening as possible. Um, we also know 
that crime victims pay dearly if this is not the case. This is just one of many studies showing that, for example, uh, rape victims whose witness uh, accounts are not taken on video but are, are taken months and sometimes years later in court actually lose out quite much of the detail of their accounts. In this study, as you can see, losing two-thirds of the story, the title uh, tells it all. Um, so it, it is quite clear that the practice should go towards uh, recording, recording uh, evidence and then going back to that evidence in court. And maybe the last thing about recording, it's quite clear also that the academic, uh, the scientific world is heavily recommending uh, video recording of uh, witness and suspect and victim interviews. It is um, not only uh, reassuring that the victims and witnesses' memories are preserved as well as possible, it is also a means of ensuring that suspects are treated fairly and that uh, police interrogations are conducted without um, in, in um, appropriate ways, and this has been, for example, endorsed by the relatively recent uh, so-called Mendes Principles. So the international community is also now behind this, uh, this um, recommendation. Um, then moving on to, to court, Nina, how, how do these things look there? <laughs> Thank you. It's always <laughs> so interesting to listen to you, Julia. So I was just relaxing. Yes, but uh, what's the situation like in the Finnish court uh, today? Well, uh, we are up and coming, I hope. But um, it's it's uh, quite recently we've like acknowledged the importance uh, of encounters, the concept of uh, the encounters in courtroom uh, settings. And I think the awareness has uh, arisen thanks to collaboration with Heuni and with uh, psychologists and, uh, and uh, your field of science. So, so thank you all. Um, so what does this mean actually? So we have tr uh, started to, like I said, it's a good start, starting point to have awareness that this is something important. And now we have tried to uh, um, create uh, create uh, tr uh, the tr professional training of the judges uh, to like to uh, more enhance uh, something called judgecraft, which could, uh, in my opinion, include. Uh, several of these uh, like topics, uh, how we how we uh, encounter people in in trials in court settings, both oral, uh, both spoken uh, language, but also written, and it it's it's a fairly vast like um, issue. But baby steps, we're 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 starting, <laughs> we're starting out, and. Um, the human-to-human -human encounters, I think this is uh, mainly, it's something that we need to have a new kind of a approach, a new mindset to. Uh, judges um, or professionals uh, tr uh, tend to, to just see people, witnesses, as some kind of um, um, tools, <laughs> if you may, uh, to, to get the information needed for our uh, work to be done uh, to, to, uh, for the judgment. 
and, and of course, this sounds crazy. We shouldn't think this way. And why not? Because, yes, like Julia said, uh, people tend to talk more open-heartedly, more, much more in detail uh, when, uh, when they, they feel they are met <laughs> in, a, in a proper way and they feel safe. Uh, and uh, this is, of course, this has an impact on the quality of the evidence and the testimony. Obviously. So, uh, and for, for the general sense of fairness and the public trust in the judiciary. So these are the, the like underlying hardcore values we have to gain uh, for, the, for the individuals, but uh, as uh, the system as a whole. And then I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'll just say, uh, I'll have a few more points. Uh, to, to tell you more about what this might, uh, or what we think uh, this kind of training could, should include. So, and the mindset, like the new mindset. So, first of all, preparation. So, we, I mean the judges, the professionals, need to take a step back the day before, the week before, the month before, uh, prior, and think, is there something I should be... Uh, uh, to be aware of in terms of vulnerability or some special needs or language, cultural references, you know. Is there something I need to, to process beforehand? So that's one thing. Uh, and, and the starting point, of course, obviously. And then, of course, a lot comes to communication skills. And like I mentioned, both spoken were well, simplified instructions, clear, accurate language, uh, uh, no jumbo mumbo legal, you know, lingo. Um, so, but this is quite obvious now. But then listening skills, like you mentioned, uh, this is something we should be work on. Uh, we, we should be much better on, I think. To, to, to really listen, so people have the sense that they, uh, and the feeling that they have been heard. Then something, emo emotional competence, and to be able, uh, and, and to understand the, the role of the chairperson, the judge, in um, creating the setting and the atmosphere in the courtroom, and also regulating it. So this is something we are not very used to. <laughs> uh, so I could go, but of course, surroundings, settings, you know, uh, enough time, uh, enough um, uh, breaks, of course, to have uh, some, so the safe environment that I mentioned already. So these are just some of the, the, the things we, we need to be better at, and, and all of these might help us in the future at least to be more aware of not to cause any additional damage, not to hurt people, not to add trauma to trauma. So these were some of my, my thoughts on this. Thank Julia. you, Nina, and I think uh, these, many of these are not incredibly hard uh, topics to, to deal with, but they are crucial. I, I think many of us who have experiences 
from the courtrooms know that uh, the atmosphere is hardly re described as relaxing <laughs> most of the time at least <laughs> uh, and uh, indeed it uh, maybe relaxing would be too much to to hope for but but at least no, not more stressful than it necessarily has to be and if we look at um, uh, advancements in this regard uh, in Finland I think one of the maybe success story would be too much to say but one of the areas where there have been very much effort during the last decades and also quite a lot of uh, advancements is um, the area of child <clears throat> interviewing child victims and witnesses in the in the criminal justice processes we have now for for almost 20 years um, uh, developed recommendations and trainings for the professionals who conduct these investigative interviews and in Finland as in the other Nordic countries, but not, but unlike many other European countries, children are not cross-examined in court, but they are heard in the pre-trial investigation on video, and this video is used as their evidence-in-chief in court. Um, and we do have evidence from other European countries, for example, Scotland, showing that when children are indeed subject to cross-examination in court, it severely hampers their uh, possibilities to give re reliable accounts, which is not surprising. So uh, there are models that, that do seem to work, and it's also to say that not everything is, is going in the wrong direction. Then we also have a recent, um, recent common research project with, uh, with Heuni and, uh, and the Courts Administration, Norbo Academy University and the University of Tampere, where we looked at how judges have experienced remote hearing now during the pandemic, where everything was forced to be online. And just maybe it could be briefly stated that um, there is quite a lot of research and experience throughout the world of remote hearings. And for example, research in, in Australia has shown that um, experiences seem to indicate that remote hearings can indeed uh, be safety uh, a, a, yes, a, a, a safety factor. Yes, and a factor that de-stresses the situation for the, for the victims. Here, maybe the discussion in Finland about uh, about remote hearings have been uh, very much focused on savings and on pandemic measures. And uh, our colleague uh, Inka Lilia, who, who, who I'm actually replacing at Heuni right now, uh, wrote an interesting article together with her colleague about this, stating that remote hearings can indeed be a, a victim protective measure and, and it should not be discussed only from the saving point of view. Also, it was interesting, the, we of course let the judges give free responses in our survey and it was quite clear that judges, district court judges in Finland seem to be quite favorable of video recording important pre-trial uh, investigative interviews. So those are uh, sort of uh, greetings from the Finnish <laughs> judges. Do you want to add, Nina, something about the remote hearings? Uh, no, I think you covered it, thanks. Okay, then time for a quick conclusion. So uh, some of the things that we really think should be, should be dealt with is, is uh, to uh, develop the way in which victims, witnesses, suspects are interviewed in the pretrial investigation and how the evidence is collected, implying video recording and, and make sure police are aware of the importance of these encounters, of how memory works, how people are able to recall traumatic memories, how suggestible, for example, adolescents are, which has been under-recognized. Um, and also then in court to make sure that we, we treat uh, people with uh, respect and, and uh, 
maybe try to train judges in what what did you say psychological uh, competence competence <laughs> emotional competence <laughs> amongst other other things yes so i think that was the the message we had yeah. today um in in short uh, thank you for your attention yeah thank you Thank you.